everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again to another edition of the show. Big Dave and Joe in the studio here tonight in South Florida with a huge tournament in town, the Seminole Hard Rock uh, Showdown, the WPT uh, main event, uh, the final table going on now. They're taping it for television, and I spent most of the afternoon over there. It didn't start till like 4 o'clock this afternoon, but uh, I rolled over there, and I got a couple interviews with a couple of different players, including the guy who led the, the tournament, uh, for a good portion of yesterday, uh, playing down to this final table, uh, Scott Margerison, who is actually a, a Brit who uh, uh, lives now in Playa del Carmen, uh, went there to play a lot of online poker. Very big name online player. Uh, he goes under the name Agros Santos, <laughs> which is uh, aggressive saint or something like that. What is that in Spanish? Agro Santos. Agrio, agrio or uh, agro? No, A G G R O, agro. A G G R O, agro, like, agro Santos. What is I don't Santos know. in Spanish? Santos is saint. Saint, yeah. Saint. So aggressive but saint, agro maybe. Could agro be. is you know. Aggressivo is the Spanish word for for aggressive, but okay. I've never seen it like that unless he has a special meaning. Where's he at? Playa de Carmen. Yeah, he's uh, from Great Britain originally, but uh, he uh, living in Playa del Carmen to play online poker, basically. And Playa Playa de Carmen is, uh, is in Mexico. In Mexico, yeah, yeah well, near uh, it's near uh, Cozumel. All right, so yeah, that's what I figured. So I, I would imagine, I would imagine that it means something to the locals over there because <laughs> I don't know, Gio, you speak Spanish also, so doesn't sound like anything. Huh? Okay, well, we'll take it for what it sounds like. So uh, <laughs> we'll go with that. Anyway, the brand new uh, Hard Rock Event Center. Uh, the tournament's been going on for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Phil Helmuth had a book signing we talked about last week, and and uh, a lot of great tournaments. Uh, Stephen Bennett, local, won the opening tournament, uh, won a nice big paycheck for uh, a tournament with over 3,000 players. Wow. There were hard rollers. Uh, one thing that disappointed me a little bit yesterday, and it wasn't on the main schedule, but one of the uh, supplemental events was a RAS tournament. Really? And $300 buy-in. How many people? Well, that was the thing. I, you know, it, it's kind of like toward the end of the tournament. There's other tournaments going on. There's still a... There was still an $1,100 turbo still to come, and so a lot of people are doing other things, but I was hoping to see a decent turnout. Uh, after three levels of play, there was there was uh, only 15 entrants. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Started off with the two tables of five, I think, when they first started the event, if, if they even had that, but... Um, you know, it's just not a really a good turnout. But uh, and they, I, I talked to one of the floor people, and uh, they said that they hadn't had a RAS tournament for a couple of series, but uh, they had had it on, in the past, and they wanted to try it again. So that might be the end of that for a oh, while. Oh, that really sucks because that's I love playing RAS. You know, we've spoken about that. I love playing RAS. Yeah, it's a fun tournament. You know, but you don't get a lot of that game, you know, in cash games down here. So unless you play it in tournament or online. You're not really going to get a whole lot of that, so. Yeah, that's true, and uh, you know, there's other stuff that are a lot more important to people there. I, I got quite a few interviews. I, I'm going to work in some of those tonight. Uh, we had the, uh, um, the day one. The 
finished up with about 1,300 entries. I think the final total was, uh, let's see exactly, 1,309 was the turnout for the main. It was a $3,500 buy-in and a $3 million guarantee, so they made the guarantee easily. Yeah, easy. And uh, they played down to the final six yesterday and uh, had the TV table there today with all the cameras and the lights and the nice setup and Vince and Tony Dunst. And, and it's a hell of a fine, a final six there. It is. It Dave. is. Uh, <laughs> I took a picture yesterday when they were still had nine left. And the four guys next to each other were all had some kind of like ties to South Florida. Uh, Matt Stout, Brian Hastings, Faraz Jaka, and Joey Cooden. And all four of those made the final table along with the guy who led the chip leader we're going to hear from in a second is Scott Margerison and then Jeff Fielder a player from Iowa that uh, had like a middling chip count anyway heading into the day uh, Brian Hastings was the chip leader with nearly 13 million chips and while Joey Cooden and Scott Margerison had about 8 million uh, Fielder had 4 Matt Stout 3.19 and Faraz Jocko was a short stack 2.45 so uh one of the things that really shook things around, I want to talk about this one hand here and get your thoughts on it, because Margerison had a huge chip, chip lead, and we got into a hand with Hastings. And, uh, and this was final table already, just not the final six, correct? Right. Okay. So let's take a look at this hand. Uh, Scott Margerison had the chip lead at, the, at that time, and uh, I guess about, oh, let's see, uh, maybe about nine million chips, and gets into a hand with Scott Hastings. Uh, Margerison opened to 120 with 120 thousand dollar bet for middle position, and Hastings raised to 475. Uh, the flop was queen queen six. Hastings checks, and Margerison Mar uh, bets 350 thousand. Hastings called, so Hastings checked again after an ace comes on the turn. And Margerison bets 1.2 million. Hastings calls again, so two check calls in a row. Right. With Hastings holding pocket aces. Right. So he caught his miracle card on the turn. And the, what makes it more interesting is that Margerison had queen jack of clubs. So on the flop, he picks up a set. He picks up trips there. Yeah, picks up three, three of a kind. And uh, Hastings, so all of a sudden, who is slow playing his aces, is now trailing going into the, the turn. Right, but Hastings did a smart thing. He checked because he was first to act with two queens out there. He knows his opponent, Rays, could have had a, any wide range of hands being the chip leader. Sees that his opponent comes out and, you know, we're talking pre-flopped. He had raised it to four. You know, um, uh, Jerison raised it to 120 from 60. So he just doubled the big blind. So he could have any any two cards in his hands with being the chip leader making that raise. Well, we know don't now we know that that you're playing with fire when you when you slow play pocket aces. Uh, well, he didn't slow play them. Remember, Hastings took the raise to 475. Yeah, so he made he made a, a strong raise there. Okay. That's a very strong raise. A slow plane, it would have been maybe making it 260, 270 to entice his opponent to call. At this point, he's letting his opponent know, I've got a decent hand. Now, obviously, Majerison didn't put him on aces. Makes the call with Queen Jack in his hand. Catches a beautiful <laughs> flop of Queen, Queen 6. And Hastings, you know, he's, we know he's a world-class player. Checks. 
obviously, with aces. He's got no reason to bet there because he could be trailing. And his opponent makes, to me, a very curious bet of 350, okay, into a pot that's probably, well, with the Andes, it was holding a little over a million dollars, you know, okay. over a million chips in that pot. So Hastings figures for 350 with him holding $5 million and change, hey, you know what, I'm going to peel one off because this guy could bet anything after I checked. Catches this miracle card, and if I'm not mistaken, Hastings checked on the he flop, checked, right? Checked after the flop, checked also after the turn. But after the flop, what does his opponent do? What does Majerison uh, uh, do? The, that he was bets the 350. How much? 350 no, the 350 was after the flop. Right, the that's what you 1. said. 1.2, I'm sorry. 1.2 after, 1. 1. after the turn. 1.2 after the turn, right? right. That, that was the bet. That's a nice bet. That's a sizable bet. And... You know, Majerison was probably hoping since uh, Hastings uh, forbade him, okay, uh, pre-flop, that he had ace-king in his hand. Now, isn't that the point where Hastings should shove? No, no, because if your opponent bet you twice with an ace hitting out there and you had raised him pre-flop, you know your opponent's shooting a queen because that would have been a perfect spot after Hastings checked the turn for Majerison to check back if he didn't have anything, okay? Now the guy makes a $1.2 million bet. Hastings is smiling as high as, you know, trying to hide a smile because he's going to make that call. He knows now that with that $1.2 million, his opponent is holding a queen. Yeah. Okay? So unless his opponent slow played queens, which he probably figures he would have been five bet back after he raised it to 475, he's figuring this guy's got ace, queen, king, queen. I've got him exactly where I want. As long as no queen comes on the river, I'm going to get all his chair. I'm going to get. I'm going to double up, which is and and uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Dave Hastings checks the river, right? Yes, the river was uh, blank, the two deuce of diamonds, and he checks again. Margerison shoves with his right. three queens, and Hastings snap calls him for three point three yeah, million. Yeah, it couldn't have worked out any better. For Hastings and any worse for for Majerison because Majerison knows that his opponent has an ace. He just never put him on aces, you know. Um, and I, you know, going over this hand, I was thinking, you know, maybe on the river he could have, you know, bet one point five, one point eight, you know, whatever, you know, to entice a call. But but obviously, knowing what these what they what what they what Hastings had. Hastings would have he ain't pushed. Going anywhere. He would no no not only, not only is he not going anywhere. He's pushing all in because at this point he would have had roughly about three million left. So if he makes a two million dollar wager, Hastings is putting his, the other million all in, and Majerison isn't going to go anywhere for a million more. You're going to have to show me a full house. You know you're going to have to show me ace queen aces. You know it's it was just a perfect storm. For the good, for for Hastings, and bad for Majerison. It's just one of these hands. Uh, I remember thinking back to Vanessa Selps and the uh, uh, what was the, the the other young lady that was uh, the oh uh, Gabrielle uh, Bowman. Yeah, when they had the aces uh, versus pocket sevens in the main event a few uh, either last year or the year before, and flop came ace seven seven uh, or ace seven, and the seven came on the turn and. <laughs> You knew, yeah. Vanessa sat there going, "I can't believe this girl's got, five, you know, pocket sevens," and she couldn't lay it down. 
She couldn't lay. She couldn't lay pocket aces down. She couldn't right. lay the second best hand down. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she just didn't want to believe it. Anyway, uh, that big hand. There still was three players to be eliminated to get down to six, which they uh, moved along fairly quickly after that, uh, and set up the final table, which started today. Now we'll update you on where that stands right now. But heading in, uh, Brian Hastings did hold the chip lead with uh, almost 13 million chips, and it's uh, still a great final table. Matt Stout, uh, Faraz Jaka. Joey Cooden, and then Mark Jarrison, and uh, probably the lesser-known lesser uh, Jeff Fielder. So we'll update the, that, uh, that when we talk about that a little later, but I wanted to hear what uh, Scott Mark Jarrison had to say. I caught him on a break uh, during the final table and uh, asked him about that hand. With Scott Mark Jarrison, uh, the Brit who uh, led this thing for quite a long time until yesterday about midway through, you ran into a tough cooler. Can you tell me about that hand? Uh, you had pocket queens playing against Brian with pocket aces. Uh, I actually had queen jack. I had queen jack queen and jack, diamonds. Right. Queen jack and diamonds. And there was two queens on the flop. Yeah, I opened Brian three bet and I called in position and it came queen, queen six and he check called a small bet on the flop, terms an ace. Um, he checked called again for two-thirds part, and the river was a deuce, I believe. There was a flush draw on the turn as well, which bricked, and he checked called the remainder of his three million on the river. Okay, he slow played a, a set of queens, which should always be very dangerous. It worked out for him in the end when he got the, the ace on the turn. A set of aces. Right, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't I don't know what I said, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but should you have shoved after the flop? Um, Any thought of that? Mean, what do you mean? When you had the set of queens before he got his third ace. Oh, um... I mean, you don't know what he has, obviously. No, That's a no, really I tough mean, decision. It's, it's just unfortunate. Like, I think if I had the, my hand fine, the river might be a little bit close. Um, I would probably check um, king-queen because he has last ace-kings. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think I have to go on with queen-jack suit. It's close. I don't know. I've spoken to some friends about the hand. And, like... It's really close. Maybe I made a mistake. You can't dwell on it, but no, here I'm, you are I'm, at the I'm final not, table. I'm not, I'm not dwelling on it now. It's fine. Like. Uh, you're here at the final table. No one's been knocked out yet. What are your thoughts so far and what this whole atmosphere is like for you? Uh, yeah, it's a good setup. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of chips moving around. Uh, it would have been nice if somebody busted, obviously. I'm kind of in a position where I'm kind of forced to play like a little bit on the tire side. Okay. Because of the payouts. Um, I have a good seat, which is good. I have, like, Brian... Well, I guess Brian's at the side of the table from me, and Joey's on my right, who's got chips too. Um, yeah. Uh, all in all, a pretty neat experience, though. Yeah, yeah, it's a good experience. I'm enjoying it so far. I'd like to, you know, win some more pots and instead of just folding and check folding every board. But... Are you at any disadvantage because some of these guys have been on TV before and played in a lot of big tournaments? You're more of an online player. Yeah. Uh, you feel any disadvantage there? Uh, maybe like a very, very, very small amount. Like, I've played a good amount of live at this point, like, both cash games and tournaments. This is the biggest, this is the biggest final table I've made, but uh, I don't feel particularly nervous or anything like that. I'm just putting one foot in front of the other, um, playing how I know I'm supposed to. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I can just hide in my hoodie. They can't <laughs> exactly. see me anyway. <laughs> Best of luck to you. Thanks. That is uh, Scott Margerison. So we'll update you. Let's take our first break in the show. We'll update you on this final table. And we'll talk a little bit more about a great series and a couple other people that I ran into that I thought would be very interesting to hear from. 
and we will use some of those as well tonight. But uh, the final table going on right now, they're down to four players, actually. We'll give you an update on the chip counts when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line here from South Florida as we bask in the glow of the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Can you tell if this burger contains bacteria that could cause kidney failure? Listen. Can't, can you? You can't see it either. There's only one way to tell if you've cooked meat and poultry to a bacteria-killing temperature. Use a food thermometer. It's not an extra step or a nice-to-have. Raw or undercooked meat may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by using a food thermometer every time. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I want to make something of myself. I want to succeed. The National Guard recruiter helped me get where I wanted to go. The Guard is providing me with paid training. In the National Guard, I get money for college plus a steady paycheck. In the Guard, I train near my home. I'm there for my family, my community, and my country. And I'm proud to be a member of the National Guard. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask how you can get the education and job skills you need in the National Guard. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe talking poker and uh, taking a look at the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown. Uh, taped a long interview with Tony Burns uh, to get a, kind of an update on where the facility stands. As the, I don't know if you've been over there, Joe, lately, but the hotel, which is in the shape of a guitar, is really looking like a guitar at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can well, see it from all over town. It's huge. I was there. The last time I was there was at the end of January with my daughter to see uh, Trevor Noah perform over there. Oh, right. That's right. So the, was that? uh, it was, oh, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was unbelievable. So, yeah, we, um, you know, it was, uh, like you said, from afar you could tell it's shaped like a d- guitar. As you drive right. on the turnpike, I, you it's know, it looks very clearly like a guitar. And they're redoing all the uh, area. In fact, uh, this... Uh, uh, the old Hard Rock Live, which I compared last week to the, what the new place looks like, as a kind of a square type of arena with bleacher seats and and that sort of thing. The uh, the the poker tables were all on the floor of the arena there until the final, where they put the curtains up and what well, as they say, piped and curtained the corner off <laughs> and uh, put all the lights up and everything. And that's where they're playing today inside there. So uh, they'll be in there for a while until the hotel and uh, area opens up, uh, I guess, end of summer 2019. So 
we're about a year and a half away or so from a huge grand opening over there with a lot of new shops and stores yeah, and restaurants. That's going to be a hell of an event, too. You but know. not only that, and then the Super Bowl is here right after that at Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, so the next season, right. They're going to have it ready right before the start of football season and at the end in, ja- in February. But the point Super is, uh, I, I talked with Tony Burns, and we had a long conversation, which uh, I think we'll wait till next week to use that, but uh, certainly was uh, uh, another great event in a in a whole new learning curve for them to put set up in this whole new area uh, after playing several tournaments in the ballrooms and and uh, after being out of Hard Rock Live and being out of the old poker room, which is all that area has been torn down. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. You used to go to see those shows. You had to step outside. There's no more stepping outside. Yeah, exactly. They cor- they get you through the little hallways then yeah. to that little spot. So, uh, yeah, for for people who know who know what that looked like before, you, you can't even imagine that area anymore. All right. Well, anyway, they're down to the final uh, four at the table today. First one knocked out was Jeff Fielder, and he was eliminated in sixth place, collects 144000 Uh Got knocked out by uh, Margerison uh, after Margerison flopped a full house. I was holding pocket fours, and the uh, flop came 10-10-4, so a uh, nice little flop there. Um, Fielder was holding 5-4 of clubs, and to rub salt in the wound, uh, there was a 10 of clubs on the flop. There was a 7 of clubs on the turn. And the 6 of clubs comes on the river to give him mm, the flush. flush but huh? he's already uh, drawn dead after yeah. the flop, basically. So uh, uh, he's out in 6th place. Uh, a little bit later, uh, Matt Stout was knocked out. Finishes in 5th place, 189,000. And uh, Stout had pocket 10s up against uh, Faraz Jaka's pocket queens. They had virtually identical stacks. There's a queen on the flop and uh, the old salt the ruined queen on the turn. Oh, just so he hit <laughs> So gives him quad quads. queens and knocks Stout out. So at least uh, not much to uh, hope for there, as it turns out. Uh, did talk to Matt Stout, who we know is uh, has the group, the Charity Series of Poker. I did talk to him briefly on a break, and he said they were hoping to bring the tournament back this year. They're making some final discussions with the Hard Rock, but hopefully this August they'll have another charity event there. Uh, also, when I saw him on uh, yesterday, he was wearing a uh, Golden Knights hockey jersey. Of course, the Golden Knights swept the L.A. Kings, and uh, so he was so happy about that. It's just incredible. It really is. is unbelievable. The electricity out there at that arena oh my God. has been fantastic. They've, so they went four straight against the Kings to move on. Uh, I know that they were like 200-1 to one to win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the season, which a lot of Vegas people bet on. Whether they bet yeah. ten dollars or fifty or a hundred, well, they're now only twelve <laughs> games away from collecting that. Yeah. Because now uh, I think the the Golden Knights are like seven to one. Yeah, uh, the, uh, I or think our producer here just finished saying oh, it four, was to four to one. Is down to four to one now. Geo four After to one. After the sweep, okay. So, uh, and I think nice they bet. were ten to one. Before the series started, probably was. You probably about were, ten yeah. to one before the series against the Kings. But there's started. no question that the sports books out in Vegas are going to take a beating if they oh, uh, if they win this thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, uh, down to four players, and uh, we'll keep you updated on that. But I wanted to uh, bring on a couple other interviews. Uh, one interesting story I ran into was a fellow I met before going into the arena today. Uh, just a fan, but uh, you know, I always think about. You know what it will be like to play in a tournament like this. Spend thirty-five hundred dollars. You know, hopefully you be back. It wouldn't be your money, but yeah. uh, there are ways to get into the tournament. And this fella tells me that, yeah, I, I played in the main and uh, I didn't cash, but I it didn't cost me any money. 
And the way he got in was he, uh, he, he got into a free roll by playing a certain number of hours. So, you know, any money he lost earlier was probably was his, cost, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you had to play like 60 hours or something like that. And you got into a free roll, and he finished in the top 20 in this free roll. I think that he had top 30 got a seat into a, a, a satellite. So he, he uh, earned a seat in the satellite. Did well in that to move on and get a, get into the event. So he told me the story about that and uh, his experience there as a regular hard rock player who ended up getting in for no money. So let's hear from uh, Mark Fictel. I talked to you this afternoon. Fictel, a local here in South Florida that actually satellited into the main event. And even weirder than that, I guess, is that it didn't cost you anything because you played in a free role to get into the satellite. Yeah, I'm a cash player here at the Hard Rock. You normally play two five, and qualifier for 60 hours for the month got you a ticket. Okay, so really it wasn't actually free, but kind of is. Well, kind of. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, cost, I'm sure it cost you a lot of money to get those hours. It might have cost me a few shekels to get those hours, but uh, yeah, I got into the satellite uh, and then was able to was fortunate enough to finish uh, in the top 23. I think it was okay. 230 people in the satellite and uh, was able to get myself into the uh, $3,500 buy-in, uh, you know. Congratulations. Uh, you walk into the building here, brand new facility, the Hard Rock Events Center, saw all those tables. What, what was the feeling inside your heart there? Oh, this is a, a great venue. Um, I've been coming here for a while and this is the first time I've been in the event center. Uh, just a real nice, warm, you know, not too big, but a great place to play some cards. Not so warm either, though, but actually. Yeah, that's true. It's a little, <laughs> yeah, you definitely want to bring your jacket. I think the first day cold. I walked in at shirt sleeves and they said, you're, you're, you're definitely underdressed. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, in terms of the size, it's not too big. And, you know, and uh, they put on a real great event here. More important to be too cold than too warm. I, I never leave without I never come any any casino or any poker room without a jacket. Okay, tell me about the, uh, the free roll. Um, you need to finish in, what, the, like the top 50 or something like that to get a ticket? So the free roll into the satellite was if you qualified with 60 hours of play within a certain period of time, okay. you got into a, into this free roll, which if you were finished within, the, I think they were giving away 30 seats. 30 seats, okay. Right? They gave away, they gave away okay. 30 seats. And 30 to like 23 or 20 was uh, into the satellite. And then, you know, if you finished... Depending on where you finished, some guys got into the um, the mega satellite, okay. and then some guys, if they finished in the top three or four, I think, got an actual ticket right into the thirty-five hundred. Right into thirty-five hundred. Yeah. Okay. So right now it's all gravy. Anything you can make ahead. Uh, as it turned out, you didn't cash in the didn't main cash, event, but, but you know, mostly a, cash, a great experience. A great experience. I'm mostly mostly a cash player, but um, really starting to enjoy the tournaments a little bit more than I have in the past. I haven't played too many, and it seems like the ones that I have played uh i've done well in so um some something i'm definitely considering doing more of in the future uh vegas this summer are you reached that point actually it's funny you ask that because a buddy of mine wants to go out to play in the seniors okay uh world uh the main, the main event right the senior edition the main event right and uh we're, we're thinking about going out there so you know hopefully go out there win a few win a few bucks you know, for my buy-in, I think it's a thousand-dollar buy-in. Okay. And uh, play in the senior main event. Outstanding. Uh, so, what is your future in cash games around here? Will you just continue to grind away on those, or, or are you starting to say, "Wow, 
tournament play, maybe that's for me. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's definitely tournament play is definitely more intriguing to me than it's ever been. Um, again, mostly a cash player, but it is something that uh, I would definitely consider doing more of in the near future. In fact, I think I'm going to play. The Hard Rock's got an event coming up, a uh, $100,000 uh, guarantee. Uh, I think it's called the Big Stack okay. in April and at the end of this month. So I'll probably play in that and see if I can, you know, see where it leads me. Okay. But, you had a great experience. You said you got a chance to play at the same table with Phil Hellmuth. Mm-hmm. You actually won a hand from him, which, uh, which, I've which been you'll telling, remember forever. Which I'll remember forever and been telling everybody that I know. And what about uh, how was he as a person, uh, meeting him and everything? It was, it was fine. It was great. I mean, I've I've heard in the past a uh, few things about him, but uh, he was very gracious and very nice. And, uh, you know, like I said, I can now just say, if nothing else, I beat Phil, Phil Helmuth in, a hand, in one hand of poker. So. And anybody else you played with that was uh, notable? No, no. Um, just, uh, you know, I saw Sam Panzika was here and uh, saw Chase and a couple other guys, but... Uh, it's kind of cool to see them, but, you know, at the end of the day, the cards are the cards. Were you careful playing with Phil that you didn't do anything outrageous that might uh, cause him to berate you a little bit? No. Didn't really, <laughs> didn't never enter my mind. Didn't, you know, just, again, playing the cards that I was dealt, and I was fortunate enough to win the hand. And you're here now today for the uh, main event and a uh, chance to see the whole TV production. Uh, looking forward to that? Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love an opportunity to see what's going on down there, and, uh, yeah, it would be it would be cool for to see, you know, behind the scenes and you know everything that goes on that not just that's not just edited out in the in the hour version that I get to see on TV. So you do watch a lot of poker on TV then? Probably more than I should. <laughs> Thanks for your time. All right, thank you. That's uh, Mark Fictel, local player here and uh, just had an interesting story so I thought we would get it on tape and talk about it. Um, it's a great way to promote Jerome. Yeah, and there's so many other angles, uh, Joe, that come along with a huge tournament like this. There's all the big names, obviously, and there's the TV crew and this and that. But there's a lot of entertaining things going on for just the average player who comes to the Hard Hard Rock two, three times a week, maybe. Well, yeah, and this is this is what you know. This is the the great stuff that the Hard Rock has done with the WPT, their own tournaments. You know, as we said, you know the. They're already on the big stage with the big boys all over the world as far as putting on, you know, top-notch poker tournaments, right. obviously. Um, and it's great because, like you said, it's not just once a year where it's a build-up. Now, now it's coming to where we have two, three, maybe even four major poker tournaments of some sort or another down here at the Hard Rock, Dave. And think about it, what this gentleman just did, you know, the free roll. It's a great way to get more people into your room by telling them, hey, you know, 60 hours a month seems like a lot, Dave, but for your regulars, it's not. Yeah, right. You understand? It really is not. You're talking about, you know, putting in three hours, five days a week. If you're a serious poker player, that's nothing for you. Most Especially poker because pl- one day you'll come and play for 10. Exactly. So, you know, you, you, you may have those 60 hours already locked up by week two. You understand? Right. So, and it's great to entice those players. You know what that does? It entices the players that play 40 hours normally, you know, 10 hours a week, now to say, hey, you know what? It's only an extra, you know, four or five hours a week. You know, you start them putting it into your head. You come out with a way of saying, you know what? I, I could stay an extra hour and a half a day when I play now. And it, you know, obviously the revenue generating thing that that does for you to keeping more tables open for you, it allows some of these local players like this gentleman who look at that great story that you got with him, Phil Helmuth at the table with him, 
you know, he's he's going to talk about that, and that's just going to be free advertising for the Hard Rock, and I'm sure you know uh, management over there will continue to do stuff like this. It was also very interesting because you said he he free rolled into the satellite, right? But there was different levels of it that I didn't know until I heard the interview. That is great. Some people got in, you know. Some people just, you know, got to the final three or four and got their got their ticket already into the main event, while others got into mega satellites and other other forms. That's just a, to me, it's a, just a great way of of making sure that uh, that you get keep your your locals and and your people who who make your poker room thrive, you know, connected and feeling a part of a big of a big event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one other story that I kind of ran into, and I wanted to talk to Joseph Chong. I've always wanted to interview him, and I didn't get a chance to, but he got knocked out in 10th place. Uh, at, in the main uh, event? In the main event. And he took a series down. He took an he, event down, he did, too, right? And that was the thing, is he came back later that day and jumped into the 1100 and ended up winning that. So, wow. So uh, that was one interesting story there for me. Um, obviously, all the guys that I've talked to before that were in the final table was, were, were interesting as well. But uh, one other story that I, a guy ran into, I came and sat down next to me. He's the guy I had mentioned him on the show last week was Michael Newman, who's from Davey. Uh, he's in the banking business, but a really good player that uh, has been grinding here for about the last three years in law, plays all the tournaments, and, and he won the Seminole Hard Rock Rock and Roll Open. Uh, back in November. So uh, he's a guy that uh, worked really hard at trying to uh, make his mark here and did finally in November with a with a win. So I got a chance to interview him as well uh, on a break. Uh, he was just there to watch, but he happened to be sitting next to me, and I said, hey, can we uh, get a grab a quick interview? Because I had already asked uh, Tony Burns to see if he could set something up for me, and was not, he, we were never able to hook up. But um, Today was my chance. It just happened. But And here was Michael Newman today. We talked uh, in the Hard Rock Events Center. With Michael Newman, the champion from the Rock and Roll Poker Open in November here at the Seminole Hard Rock. That sounds good, huh? That's pretty good. Thanks. I know you've been a grinder here for a long time, and uh, that was a popular victory, as I mentioned to you. A lot of people see at all the tournaments. And, and you've, you know, you've had your share of success, but that was kind of like a big one for you. That was huge. That was Tell me a little about that. Uh, well, I've gotten close so many times. I finished uh, a year before that one, 12th. Then I finished uh, 29th. And that was just a run. Uh, we were down to, I think, 20 players. And I had Ace King, and I had him covered. He had Kings, and I hit the Ace. So I got lucky there, which you always need a little bit of luck mm-hmm. to, to win. And that was my, my luck right there to catapult me to the final table. Well, you've won tournaments before, and, uh, you know, maybe not a WPT before right. this, but, uh, you know, you're one of the guys that we see at all the tournaments down here. Stephen Bennett is another guy who right. won the first event here right. of this series. Um, so... When do you feel like, you know, am I ever going to get one, uh, you know, or you just got to keep grinding away? Yeah, I mean, I won a whole bunch of tournaments that weren't that big. I mean, an 1100 maybe, a 570 a couple times, but uh, to win an actual main event was, yeah, it's so surreal. There's just no word, the way to put it into words because everything kind of has to go right. You're playing against the best players in the world. Right. If you've seen that field, I mean, they had, what, uh, the final... And, you know, 10 out of the 18 had uh, 15 million or more in earnings. So, I mean, it was 
It was definitely something that was a big, big achievement, and I'm grateful that I was able to pull it off. You play a lot of tournaments here. You play, I'm sure, a lot of cash games here as well. I so don't really play not much too much. No, okay, not much so you're mostly cash, a tournament guy. Yeah, but I mean, I just love the game, and even when they interviewed me after I won. Um, they, I told them that I still play the 150 tournaments just mm-hmm. because I like the action. I mean, it's obviously a much different game playing the 150 versus the 3500, but I just like to have fun. We're here at the final table of the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Showdown, and here's around us is the beautiful hard, new Hard Rock Events Center. So things keep moving up and onward here. Uh, you see the Guitar Hotel yep. taking shape out there. Yep. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts about that? You know the, the 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 evolution of this place, or really a revolution of this place over the last ten years. Well, I just uh, got down here only three years ago, and from when I started, we were in the poker room that's no longer there, and then obviously the one uh, the banquet hall, and now this one. This one obviously has definitely evolved from the last one versus the first one. It's, it's been getting better and better. So I would have to say that the new one is supposed to be spectacular and. I think the Hard Rock is just uh, an amazing place. I mean, it just keeps know, getting better and it better. Does. It keeps driving like for excellence. It's amazing. Tell me about this uh, whole series for you. Uh, I know that you made a deep run in the main again and a little disappointed probably that you didn't get to this final table. But uh, um, tell us about the series. Yeah, I, I had a really nice run. I got all the way down to about, I think, 27 or 29. And I got it in good with pocket sevens. And I made the right call on a 10 high flop. And I jammed about 500,000. And... The guy called me with Ace King and hit the Ace, and uh, I was out. But you know, I can't, I can't argue, can't, can't help that. So. How about your earlier in the series? Anything uh, going along um, for you? Yeah, I mean, I got lucky in earlier in the series. I had, uh, you know, Queen Jack suited, and flop was Queen High, and he had King Queen, and uh, he hit a Jack on the turn, which was pretty lucky. It was actually at the table with Phil Hummy at the time. It was obviously a legend. And um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun at the Hard Rock. Having your name on the uh, WPT Champions Cup, I guess, is uh, a goal for a lot of people. What does that do for your confidence and your game moving forward here over the last six months? Well, it was a main event, but it's, I don't know about that. Okay. But, but um, it's obviously, you know, when you, if you could win a main event, um, you, you obviously have the confidence knowing that you can win big. And... Uh, we were in the finals of the tag team, uh, the $10,000 event in Vegas, all the way, 10 away from the bridge. You and who? Me and uh, the guy who coached me, uh, who is Paul Sneed. Paul Sneed, yeah, and, sure. And uh, we, got, we got pretty far. We finished 10th, and uh, we got a race to scrap by Dan Negrano's king. So, I mean, like, you know, it's, I know that I can play with the best players in the world. It's just a matter of uh, you know, having your cards hold, which you really do need in poker. You have a regular job here, so you can't get away anytime you want. But what is your plan for uh, the Rio this summer? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going for the last three weeks. I'm going to play uh, the the, the, uh, the monster stack. I'm going to play the you know a couple of the maybe the three of the five thousand, and obviously the main, and see what happens. Well, moving on and up, and we'll, we're pulling for you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. That's Michael Newman, local down here, and. Uh, Congratulations for him for that big win uh, back in November. Uh, continues to have success here in South Florida. And uh, nice guy. And uh, really, I think we're going to hear a lot more for him, from him uh, either over the summer or over the next few weeks in big tournaments down here. Mm-hmm. Um, big news uh, that I wanted to mention before we get back to the tournament and a couple other interviews. Uh, big news in the online world. Uh, it just announced that... Uh, New Jersey is now going to share their players with Delaware and Nevada. Delaware and Nevada have shared for a while, but New Jersey joins and they'll be sharing all the players. So huge announcement today facilitated by uh, WSOP.com and 888 Poker. Um, 
should happen by uh, approximately May 1st. So they are, are submitting their software and uh, the regulatory agencies are testing uh, that and we will see what happens. But uh, hopefully by May uh, we'll have that's, bigger pools. That's big news. And big then, news. Uh, you know, what is it very shortly is when, what, Pennsylvania will come on around October? Pennsylvania sometime this summer. I don't know exactly when, but uh, that will be the next effort to try to integrate them and, uh, you know, that, that's a big step That's forward. definitely a big step with them now because, you know, obviously, you know, depending how big they were going to get and everything else, you know, New Jersey being a neighboring state there to Pennsylvania, now there's no reason, you know, even though you, you have a larger pool of players in Pennsylvania just because of the population now with Nevada and Delaware being in there, uh, let me tell you, what was that word that our good friend liquidity Randy, liquidity that's it the liquidity is the big uh, the big thing there so uh, you know that's I can't see Pennsylvania not joining them very shortly thereafter I guess the only negative will be that the players in Nevada and Delaware will need to download new software and create new accounts as the old software uh, will no longer be in service though. Uh, but everything else will transfer over player funds, tournament tickets, loyalty points, and that sort of thing. Uh, so uh, the big upshot for New Jersey players, you know, inside, outside of, you know, knowing that their traffic is now going to increase because they'll be shared, uh, they will be able to also compete in the World Series of Poker Online bracelet events this summer. So Yeah, that's huge. That's Let big for them you, as that's well. That's huge. You know, and, and going forward, I, I, how can other states not look at this? And say, you know, how do we get our piece of the pie here? It just doesn't make any sense anymore to, yeah, really. to continue to, to, to deny, you know, your, your poker players in your state from playing. Because yeah. Well, we got more important things to uh, worry about, like Stormy Daniels and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, North Korean missiles. It really is. It's amazing. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, big news today in that uh, online world. We'll have more information over the next few weeks about the show. So, uh uh, certainly, we'll look forward to that, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's take our last break on the show. That's only the second break. Okay, let's take a second break. We'll come back, and we'll uh, we'll handle a couple more interviews and uh, talk a little bit more about the final table going on over at the Seminole Hard Rock. We'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, 
You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Things going back and forth at the final table, and uh, Scott Margerison has retaken the lead with 15 million chips. Uh, players went on a break uh, at approximately uh, 8 o'clock, and uh, he has taken the lead from Brian Hastings. Uh, Margerison has 15 million chips, Brian Hastings 12.5 million, Faraz Jaka 7.5 million, and Joey Cooden now the short stack at 4.175. Uh, first place prize is almost seven hundred thousand dollars, and uh, four fifty-four for second, three thirty-six for third, two fifty-one approximately for fourth. So, uh, also the champion gets an entry into the fifteen thousand dollar tournament of champions, which this year will be out in Las Vegas. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that as we move along here. There's several other interesting stories as I got to talk to a few people this week. Uh, again, next week we'll hear from uh, Tony Burns. And I also have an interview that I have on tape that we will use one of these weeks uh, from the new uh, poker director over at the Isle Casino, uh, Ken Lambert, uh, who has been in a lot of different places, uh, including the WSOP uh, back in the mid-2000s. He was a tournament director over there, actually hired Jack Effel in Mississippi years ago at Tunica gave him his first job in the business, and uh, so he's been around for a long time. Yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> he actually, his, his father has been around for a while. Then his father was a poker manager, and they both dealt at Vegas World years ago, back in like the seventies. And uh, he started out there in Vegas and a couple different places, and then went to Tunica, and and also has worked at uh, Beau Rivage and some of the other big places. So. Uh, we'll talk with, we'll hear our interview with Ken uh, one of these weeks as well over the next couple of weeks. Did write a story about uh, the aisle and switching there into a new, uh, a new era. Uh, Stan Strickland uh, dismissed back in December, and uh, our friend Vinny Gatto t- uh, kind of held down the reins there for a little while. But they did hire outside for a bigger name and brought in Ken Lambert. So. I don't know why they haven't given Vinny a chance. He's been there for a long time. He was there under Mike Smith, under Stan now. Held the fort down both times when Mike Smith left the, the stand well, regime. He's waiting for his opportunity, but I think the aisle at one point was the big room in town before the Hard Rock really kind of took things over with their huge tournaments. So, uh, you know, those two places have been two of the bigger rooms, and I think they, they were looking for some sort of marquee name uh, to uh, change things. Uh, one of these days we'll talk about Stan Strickland's reign well, there. But, uh, let me ask you something. Now, when you say change things, what, become bigger? 
become bigger tournaments, bigger guarantees? I think they might return to some of that. Uh, Stan had an effort to uh, downsize things a little bit and, and, and try to attract a smaller player. But, uh, you know, maybe you can compete with a Hard Rock. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, certainly they have gone in a different direction over the past few years. Well, maybe re- return to the glory days here. We know that when Mike Smith was there, he wasn't afraid to take him on. But, uh, you know, the 800-pound the, the gorilla that is the Hard Rock uh, – has expanded uh, so much since Mike Smith left and has decided to, hey, boys, you know, the, the, I know I'm the big boy here, in, in, you know, in line, and, uh, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wield a very big stick here, uh, right, right. you know. And then you've got their, their, their sister casino right up the road from you, Coconut Creek. Which is coming which, on. Which is also trying to enter this, so, you know... I, Listen, we know what a great venue the Isle is. I just hope they have a, a good strategy plan to take this on because they've always been able to carve out their niche in, in the poker market down exactly. here. Exactly. Well, we'll uh, fit one more interview in here. And this was uh, one that was very interesting to me, and I certainly uh, wanted to get it done, and I was able to do it uh, yesterday. Uh, talk with Nadia Magnus. And uh, maybe a lot of people don't remember that name, but when we first started the show back in 2010, there was a show on called The Big Game, and it was carried on the Fox affiliate down here, Channel 7. Uh, and when I got home out of, from High Lie, uh, I would watch the show <laughs> at like 1 in the morning yeah. and, and had all the big names in there, Jason Mercier and uh, Helmuth and Negranu and... And Tony G and, uh, and that was a young Jason Patrick Antonius. Uh, you know, that was a young guys. Jason as he was just starting to you yeah, know exactly. just starting to start uh, begin his reign of being one of the top three poker players in the world. But if people remember that show, they had an interesting slant to it. There would be five professionals, uh, big name professionals, at the table, and the sixth player was someone who qualified online to play in these events called the Loose Cannon. And uh, I remember a couple of players, uh, you know, were not that great, and then a couple of them were pretty good. And, and one of the people who uh, kind of made a splash back then was this Russian girl uh, who had moved to the United States and was playing poker. Her name was Nadia Magnus and did very well and stood up to some of these big pros and, and uh, really was very impressive. And uh, I would think about her from time to time when I go through some of my poker tapes and I taped a lot of those shows and watched them again. And I said, oh, I wonder what ever happened to her. So I did a little research and looked into it, and she had been playing in some uh, events, uh, had one really uh, pretty big finish in 2015, and then last year uh, won an event. And uh, so I, I wanted to interview her. Uh, the one that she won was a, was a circuit event, a high roller, back in February of 2017. And she won that for about a hundred grand. Um, and people had remembered her. It was a $2,200 buy-in. In, it was in uh, Milwaukee, Potawatomi, the uh, Indian reservation there. And she lives in Illinois now, Chicago area, and w- took that one down for like uh, about 100000 I think it was. So um, I got a chance to, to call her aside uh, during a break and talk to her for just a couple of minutes and kind of reminisce about uh, how I remembered her on that show. Nadia Magnus, and I look back at the big game, and I'm sure everyone knows about you playing on that, being the loose cannon, but I was a huge fan of that show, and obviously right after it went away after Black Friday and all that stuff, but um, I always wondered what happened to you, and then I've been reading some stories, and I realized that you know, you've, you've had some success in the game, and now here you are at the Hard Rock doing very well. Tell me about the progression of your career from that time. 
Well, first of all, I'm kind of shocked that still um, everybody kind of remembers that, you know, the big game. It's been like eight years, and every time I sit on the table, people are like, oh, yeah, the loose cannon, which is a shocker. And I'm like, yeah, eight years. Uh, but, um, yeah, I've, you know, never gave up on the game. You know, I've always been in love with it and still am. And I just have, um, I guess, more time right now and opportunities to play. And um, I just do. And uh, I study and try to succeed and show some results. And I, I mean, love the game. Obviously, you did very well there. And you stood up to the, those players, big-name players that everybody knew, uh, you know, famous players. And how, how did your game, uh, how did that affect your game? Like, right after that, did you learn so much that your game took off? Or... Uh, you were already pretty much there, and nobody just never really knew you before that. Um, you know, the big game hasn't really affected my game because I'm not a cash game player. I'm a tournament player. So if anything, you know, I was never ready to play the big game because I really just had um, a few lessons. I remember PokerStar shipped me 500 on, uh, on Stars to my account saying, hey, we've noticed you. Don't play this format. Why don't you practice? So I practiced, you know, I played, and I kind of, you know, put it away. Um, and I continue to play tournaments because that's my love. You know, I play cash games once in a great while, you know, when I have nothing better to do. But um, tournaments are my love, and that's what I study, and I uh, watch all kinds of uh, material on that. I know you had a big tournament win in, like, 2015, and then 2000 last year, last year was, was, was won there as well. Um, first time in South Florida playing at the Hard Rock in a series like this? Uh, it's the second time in South Florida. Okay. I was here in uh, September. And I bricked everything, uh, but you know it's a great. This is a great place. You know, the weather is nice. The hotel is nice. The casino is nice. Staff is great. So it's not the like. And this time around, it's better. And yeah, I think you just cashed for like six thousand or something uh, uh, well, in the main. I, or? I final table the twenty-two hundred. I finished okay. sixth in that one, and then I just you know cashed the main and. Um, we got a couple of days before we go home. And I figured I'd jump in. Taking one last shot. I'm going to play the 360 and the 1100 at the end here. Okay. So see what happens. Well, good luck. It's uh, We always sometimes wonder in poker, whatever happened to that person? And right. now we know. No, I'm still in poker, very much so. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, Nadia Magnus, uh, glad so, to see that she's so doing you well. did you did, uh, you did the radio version of Where Are They Now? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so uh, keep an eye on this tournament as we go in the main event, uh, move down. Final four players, by the way. Uh, let's see. We'll give you chip counts here. Uh, well, nothing new since the last time I reported. $15 million for Scott Margerison and uh, 694k up top uh, to win in this one. Uh, a couple other tournaments are finishing up over there, but... Uh, they are coming back from a break shortly to get back into it, uh, and we'll obviously uh, you can follow this by the way on Poker Go. It is being uh, carried almost live. I think it's just a very short 30-second delay or something like that. But uh, certainly uh, keeping an eye on that and uh, looking forward to the World Series of Poker, which is uh, getting closer and closer. End of uh, May, we will uh, get underway with that following the super hard, uh, the super high roller uh, out at the Aria, which is late May. How do you feel about the uh, main event? I mean, uh, the WSOP coming back. Doesn't it seem like it's a little bit longer since the, we didn't have the it November does. 9 yeah, this year? It seems like it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Scott Blumstein will be there to uh, defend his title. And uh, certainly a lot of uh, preparations going on now as uh, 
as we look forward to some new bracelet events and some new stuff out there. But uh, the old fun stuff is definitely ready to go, so uh, uh, we will look forward to that as well. Okay, let's take our final break of the show. We'll finish things up when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Uh, pick us up on uh, SoundCloud or on uh, Stitcher or on uh, the Poker Fuse podcast page. Go to our website, PokerActionLine.com, or you can check us out on iTunes as well. Just search uh, Poker Action Line, and you'll uh, find the show. You can also search Dave Lemon, and uh, I think you'll find that as well. Uh, we'll be back with our final uh, segment here when we return on the show. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. And their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program, Big Dave and Joe, and uh, talking uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker, uh, and just beautiful uh, changes going on over there. Certainly look forward to what's going to happen next summer, uh, but uh, I did talk with uh, Tony Burns and Bill Mason, and the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open will be played in August. Looks like they're headed for a main event with a $3 million guarantee. And that will be from August 2nd through the 14th. So there might be some other small events during the summer, but obviously they'll give way to the World Series. They'll have a booth out at the Rio in the hallway. They did that last year, and they're looking forward to doing that again. So um, definitely promoting the brand. And uh, among poker players, everybody knows about it now. You know, Tony and I talked a little about that in the interview that we're going to probably use next week. And uh, he said players west of the Mississippi, some of them uh, have heard of the Hard Rock but really haven't been here, don't know what's going on. And and uh, other people are saying, wow, when's, when are you guys going to be hosting the World Series of Poker instead of uh, Las Vegas? 
Is that something that you that you I don't know? think that will happen, and neither Tony said that uh, you know that's a long way away. But uh, well, think about it though. We don't have With all both the hotels. many. You know, that's the, the thing. The amenities so of, of so many hotels, but we actually do because we got them at the beach. Well, we do have them out there. They're not far away. The other thing we don't have is our other poker rooms are so much smaller. It's not like uh, you know you have an Aria and a Venetian. And the Hard Rock won't have a problem with that. No, you know, true. as far that's as that's true. concerned, because you know if if Something was ever to happen like that if the WSOP decided. Now, unfortunately, I guess with all their, you know, with their branding out, you know, outside of the country and, you know, having the European uh, WSOP, uh, I don't know how feasible that is. But think about it. You know, this, this Miami, South Florida has hosted Super Bowls, uh, many Super Bowls, have had national college championship games. Uh, we have the uh, the the hotel space and everything else yeah. to allow these people to play Especially down during here. the summer. You know, exactly, exactly. So, you know, there's beach hotels that want to fill those listen, rooms. Listen, if they want to do that, June and, and July, can you imagine what that would be like? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that that that's a hell of a thought. A few other things we'll look at next week: uh, changes in the Player of the Year formula out at the WSOP. A lot of people uh, find some fault with it last year because. Chris Ferguson won it and probably still would win it after with these new rules, but there's been a change. Uh, you know, Ferguson had 23 caches, I think, in the uh, in the WSOP. He cashed 17 times out in Vegas and six more times in Europe, and that led to his win. And this, this, a lot of them were, were smaller caches. And so they've changed the, adjusted the formula a little bit, uh, rewarding um, a balance of uh, consistency and deep runs, so uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. Uh, bracelet wins are weighted m- much more heavily than they have been in the past, so uh, we'll see how that changes this year, but it's something we always, as uh, poker uh, media people, keep an eye on as well. Yeah, some of that, I, uh, to me, Dave, I don't know, it's not that I follow it very closely, but you know, when I see that certain people have won a bracelet and have made two or three other final tables, and, and you know, I'm assuming, wow, they've got to be up there. You know, you've got to put a lot more weight making a final table, you know, uh, you know, and then maybe getting into the top six, top three, uh, as far as points are. I don't know how they break it down, but, uh, you know, sometimes it has shocked me that some of these people that have done so well uh, over the course of a couple of these tournaments just – because other people enter so many of them, and like you said, maybe just cash. Right. Hopefully that that formula will change. Yeah. The other thing we're looking at the uh, next couple of weeks will be the announcement of the uh, Women in Poker Hall of Fame induction class for 2018. Uh, the voting closed, uh, I think, yesterday or, or maybe the day before. So they haven't announced the So they haven't yet? announced it, but it's uh, I'm sure they're doing the tabulations. That should come out this week. Okay. So we'll hear on that as well. Anyway, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Joe, thank you, and uh, good luck to the remaining players in the Hard Rock Poker uh, showdown over there, and we will report on the final results next week. They are just coming back from break. Four players left, including Faraz Jaka, uh, Brian Hastings, Joey Cooden, and Scott Margerison. So uh, we'll follow that along and give you all the results next week. And we'll hear from Tony Burns next week as well with a great interview that we talked about the advancements of the Hard Rock and what will happen. That's going to do it. Gio, thank you for all your help as well, as usual. And uh, Joe, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week here. Another edition of Poker Action Line. Hope you'll be with us then.
The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.